Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. My co-host is Bruce Aldrich, and today our guest is Matt Peak. and Matt is the Director of Mobility for Energy Systems Network. That sounds pretty important uh, and it, with, a, with a good long title, but basically what Matt's in charge of is something that I received in a press release a while back, and it's going to be uh, at Indianapolis 500, uh, October 23rd, I believe, of 2021. It's going to be the first fully autonomous vehicle car race, and I just can't wait to hear about it. So, Matt, um, welcome to our show. Um, where have we reached you today? I, I forgot to ask. Where are you located? Yeah, thanks, James. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm in Indianapolis, and okay. we are uh, enjoying some record lows right now. So, uh, <laughs> Good for you. It's, it's, building, it's building a bit of character on our side. Okay, great. Thanks, Matt. Um, could you give us an overview, Matt, of the, where this idea uh, started? And, and for the listeners who don't know much about uh, the autonomous vehicle world and, and car racing with autonomous vehicles, give us a good overview, if you would, of, of what the idea is. Sure. We were inspired by a competition that took place 15 years ago called the DARPA Grand Challenge. And if you can imagine, I mean, today in the popular press, we're used to the term autonomous vehicles and whatnot. But 15 years ago, there was really no mention of it. And DARPA, um, you know, put forth this $1 million prize to uh, the first team that could cross 150 miles approximately in the desert without any human interaction. And it was this massive challenge that just brought out the best and the brightest and the most um, creative solutions, primarily among or, or largely among university students, and really planted the seeds for what has become, um, you know, the, the automated vehicle industry today. And so our idea actually came from the winner, the, 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 the team captain of the winning team from the Drupal Grand Challenge. The, the challenge was won by... Stanford University, uh, Sebastian Thrun is the uh, team captain who went on to co-found uh, Google's self-driving car division called Waymo uh, yes. with Larry Page. And uh, Sebastian just basically said to us, hey, you know, it, it was so exciting be a, being a part of DARPA. It did so much for the university, for the faculty, for the students. We need something like that today, and you guys could do it. He was referring to ESN and to the, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He was saying, you guys could do it with race cars at the world's most famous racetrack. And we said, well, that's an intriguing idea. You bet. So working with, yeah, so working with Sebastian and um, a number of other experts, he hosted us for a kickoff meeting last fall. We then you know, reached out to and had conversations with over 60 universities, really finding what would create value for them and got a lot of input, a lot of buy-in and feedback. And that's what led us to where we are right now, which is a competition that's out there for $1 million for the university team that in a head-to-head battle of Delara produced race cars at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway can win uh, driving, uh, you know, with a vehicle driving itself. That sounds exciting. How many teams do you have uh, lined up? So the registration period opened last week. So at the beginning, you know, November 4th, we're just about a week into it. And we already have 11 teams that have registered, wow, that's um, great. which is, which is exciting. 
And we still have, you know, three and a half more months to go of registration. So we are making the push to get the word out to all of these universities that, hey, this is a big, this is a big opportunity. This is a resource. Even before the million dollar prize, there's a ton of benefit to universities for, for joining us. Sure. And you mentioned Delara chassis, and that's used with Indy Lights, I believe. Now, so these are going to be gas powered or can they be electric? Can they be anything? Oh, they have to be Delara, Well, though. it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So Delara is a local partner of ours. And on top of that, they're, they're the only supplier of, of Indy cars. And so every single vehicle that you see out there on the you know, Indy 500 is produced by Delara. And they produce that signature design, which is the open wheel you know, race car design associated sure. with the motor speedway. So we're using their Indy Lights vehicle that's capable of going 210 miles per hour. And what's really cool is that the engineering of the vehicle for the competition purposes is being led by uh, Clemson University's International Center for Automotive Research. So CUI CAR is one of the nation's foremost automotive engineering institutes, and we have a partnership with them where they're going to lead an engagement process with all of the teams that sign up and compete for the prize um, to provide input into the design of the vehicle, which includes the engine, which you brought up, you know, what, what is this engine going to be? And then also everything else that's going to go into retrofitting the vehicle from the computers to the soft, to the sensors, uh, to everything else. I wonder at this point, there'll be kill switches, I suppose, and some kind of defeat, uh, human-controlled overrides uh, in case something goes amiss? Do you know? Has is, is anyone talked about that? Like monster trucks, for example, have a engine stop feature in case something goes wrong. Absolutely. Safety is just number one for us and for the motor speedway. And so in our rule set, we put in there a uh, you know the, the mention of a, of a kill switch, which will be built into every vehicle. And Clemson is going to ensure that that's part of it as, as part of the vehicle's design. So uh, empower the team so that we don't have to use it. You know, sure. that they'll be so advanced in their programming that uh, the vehicles are in control. But if anything comes up, we'll have the ability to, to shut the vehicles down remotely. Oh, thank you. Hey, Matt, I think I read maybe a week or so ago that the, uh, among the teams that are lined up already, uh, there are some, since we're on the West Coast, can you give us a, a, a sample of some of the teams, the universities that will be competing so far, even though it's only been open for, what, a week or so in registration? Yeah, well, and you can go on our website. It's IndieAutonomousChallenge.com, and yes. then there's a team gallery that we've put up, um, you know, under the, the teams icon. It Thank says you. collaborate and have a team gallery. But, I mean, we got some big names, and what's really cool is that these are global institutions. We are bringing in universities from around the world. Um, there's 11 among those. We have Texas A&M University, which is the nation's largest transportation research-oriented uh, institute. We have the University of Michigan. We have MIT. We have University of Waterloo. And then from around the world, we have one of uh, you know the teams that signed up on day one, minute one of the registration process is a team from the Korean Advanced Institute of Science and Technology, KAIST. Great. And then we also have the Technical University of Munich, which you know has is one of the the world's you know leading powerhouses of automation. They actually all, already collaborate with uh, the Robo Race platform 
um, in developing, you know, software for, for their platform. So uh, we're excited about some of the attention that we're getting, the registrants, and we aim to, to build upon this uh, by, by go, getting the word out to every university out there. I think, you know, Matt, whether you're an expert uh, at, at Indianapolis 500 or you're an armchair quarterback or you're an armchair IndyCar 500 uh, viewer, um, the image in my mind is, you know, whatever the racetrack holds uh, on Memorial Day weekend, and it's just a raucous, uh, wonderful event to see, even with all the other um, kinds of car racing that there are now. Um, have you any? Uh, have you had any thoughts, or th- uh, how is it going to be with the public? If if you're going to sell hot dogs and beer, or is it going to be a private? What what are the thoughts in that area? And and how do Bruce and I get to go? <laughs> That's what I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we we would be honored to have both of you join us. As far as you know, the broad public. Um, we really created this to be a resource for universities. We have a, a, a mission to excite uh, students around the pursuit of STEM yes, um, and to, to really, you know, get them uh, oriented around their academics because they're inspired to do well, you know, driving a vehicle uh, remotely at 200 miles per hour. And, and so that's what this platform is about. Um, we're going to look at the topic of how to involve the public at some point in time, but we haven't identified that yet. Okay. Um, right now, our, our focus really is on the university. Do you Great. know, are these cars, 11-plus teams, going to be on the track at the same time, or is it going to be a race against the clock? It is a head-to-head race. So wow. that's part of the challenge. Sure. I mean, We've seen demonstrations take place of um, high-speed automated vehicles. Um, And although it's not easy, it's easier when it's just one car on the track because you can pretty much program the optimal line and turn the car loose. But these teams are being challenged to navigate amongst each other at ultra-high speeds. And so what's what's really cool is that this, this involves just traditional race strategy and during, um, we're going to be hosting every qualified team at the uh, upcoming Indy 500 in May. That's one of the perks that we're putting forth to these universities. Wow. And in addition That's to getting great. Indy 500 tickets, um, we're also going to be hosting what we're calling a Fundamentals of Racing seminar. So these teams of computer scientists and engineers and whatnot are going to be taught by the same teachers that teach the pro racers out there about how to hold your line, how to, you know, uh, drift, how to, you know, uh, how to move like a, how to, how to program your car to move like a pro. That's great. Wow. I, I've seen these uh, videos of drones flying around, crashing into each other. I just, <laughs> it's just, it seems like it could be carnage, but I, there's are, they're going to be expensive cars. So they're going to have to be very cautious with them. It, it, it reminds me last, uh, week or so two maybe two weeks ago now we did a, a podcast with the stuntman from the movie that's coming out ford versus ferrari and, and this guy taught uh, matt damon and christian bale how to drive and it isn't the same but just what you're talking about the instructional part of it is sounds you know fascinating and that brings into part b of the question of the 11 teams i'm going to sound real sexist here are there some young women who are into that world and do you know of any women who will be competing well, we're early on in the process right now, and so what we're doing is just tracking our outreach and, you know, monitoring the teams that, that sign up. Um, we have not reached the level yet where we're, you know, actually engaging the teams or, you know, we haven't 
you haven't asked for our first deliverable that comes at the end of, of the uh, um, registration process uh, on February 28th. And that at, at that point in time, we're going to get a clear snapshot as to who comprises the teams. We do know, though, that, you know, women in STEM uh, is a priority uh, and, and we're going to make every effort that we can um, to to get the word out um, to teams and, and particularly teams that have women representation. Great, great. Do you know what Roger Penske, the new owner of the track and the IndyCar series, thinks of this? Is he good with it? Happy? Does he want to put a team in? Have you heard any feedback from him? I have not spoken with Roger. Um, you know, we have uh, a very close collaboration with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway itself. And sure. uh, I'll just point out that our announcement came the day after the announcement <laughs> that, um, you know, Mr. Penske bought the Speedway. So I'll let that, I'll let that speak for itself. Sure. It's, gotcha. He's got a lot of balls in the air right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Matt, I'm going to ask the, the naive question here that, um, as a as a, a little bit of an expert, but not much. What is the importance of this? Why I'm not being um, argumentative or any way, anyway, but what is the importance of having a race of, of this kind? What what does it mean to the the, the industry? There are three goals that we have that are explicit as a part of this competition, and one of them is to solve for what the industry calls edge cases. So edge cases are those rare instances that are that are outside normal operating uh, parameters um, that, while rare, do happen. And if we're ever to to get truly safe cars on the road, we have to have software that accounts for that. And the the notion being, if we can have these teams develop software that keeps the vehicle stable at 200 miles per hour, navigating amongst themselves then this same software can enable your car that you're driving today to help you avoid that bit of lumber that fell off the pickup truck in front of you at 65 miles per hour. So, you know, getting safety-enhancing technologies out onto the roadway sooner rather than later is a driving force for us. The two other driving forces are generating a, a, a new pool of talent uh, for the industry. Um, there, there's a perpetual shortage as auto, auto, as the automobile industry, you know, increasingly relies on software and then as automation, you know, in, increases in prominence. Um, and our goal is really to, to highlight these, uh, you know, teams and, and the motivated students and the creative students that are a part of them. And then the third one is, is to provide a little more familiarity for the public around what automated vehicles are. Um, if, you, if you were to just rely on popular press accounts, you would think that robot vehicles are going to come and take over your city and, and take <laughs> over your life. and You're not going to have the freedom of driving anymore, right? Yes. Well, our hypothesis is, you know, if we put these technologies into an exciting racing format, you know, motorsports is something that people can resonate with. Um, and by showing that these vehicles can actually perform well, that they can, you know, be, you know, the, the technologies that are being developed can coexist with human drivers and enhance safety and whatnot, we're going to do a lot to facilitate the public acceptance of these sorts of technologies. That was great answers. Thank you. Um, what comes to mind with having a little fun with you, of course, is that more and more in motorsports, depending upon which which kind of motorsports we're talking about, there's, uh, you know, drivers that are taking upon themselves to 
to pu- push somebody out of the way, to bump cars, to get out of their car and confront the other driver. And in this case, you don't have that, but I'm, I could see this scenario where you've got the, these uh, smart young people getting in fisticuffs over, over their autonomous vehicle. I, that I'm, would be a great scene. That would be a great scene. Sorry, I don't mean to bring up the bad thing, but it, it dawned on me that you might get some angry uh, young college students, um, but I'm sure they're all going to work together. It just was a, a fun thought that crossed my mind. Yeah, no, it, it's fun. Well, you bring up, there's two important, important issues. You know, number one, we're going to keep people front and center as a part of this competition. The emphasis really is on the students. Yes. Sure, these vehicles are driving themselves, but they're driving themselves based on software sure. that was developed by these students. So yes. we're going to keep them front and center. And then the other thing is, is that we're really facilitating collaboration. Um, yes. And so what, what we think is going to happen, in fact, what's already starting to happen is that universities are going to join together with their respective strengths, with their respective needs and whatnot to form competing teams, uh, you know, and, and, and to come out, uh, you know, on, under one umbrella, one, one vehicle. And so to me, that's, that's pretty cool, you know, a way to facilitate the cooperation among university students from diverse regions and whatnot. So doing, you know, exactly the opposite of what she said instead, you know, breeding this, this, this cordiality. Right. Right. Well, thanks for setting me straight on that one. That was good. Thank you. (laughs) It's interesting. And it might be a humbling experience for these guys too, the, the software writers and the people who manage the car. I just know that Five years ago or so, we they were supposed to have autonomous cars. Three years ago, they thought they had it, had the system down. It was going to work. Well, it hasn't worked at all. So hopefully, this this race will really push things along. Well, that, that's exactly the point. You, you bring up a good point, which is, you know, what are the experts? Where, where what's the status of this technology, and yes. why, despite all of the media hype, don't we see it on the roadways? And so. You know, what we know is that for truly autonomous vehicles to arrive, they have to be equipped to handle every scenario, and this competition is going to help them do that. And then number two, we don't have to wait for that scenario where it's completely self-driving car. Uh, Advanced driver assistance systems, so-called ADAS technologies, can be equipped on cars today and can save lives. I mean, there's 40,000 lives that are lost approximately every year. Among those, 94% of them are caused by what's called human factors. You're on your cell phone, you're looking, you're eating, you're, you know, ADAS technologies can help avoid those sorts of accidents in the meantime, saving, you know, 36,000 lives per year. And we think that our competition can advance, you know, the software that's going to help enable that. That's great. Great, great points. Um, Bruce and I next week are going to the Los Angeles Auto Show. And in the past few years, the beginning of the show has kind of uh, gone into a different area. They call it automobility. I don't know if you, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Will, will uh, you have any presence there? And if not, uh, why not? And it seems like it could really do well with, with um, the media days and the public days. Do you have any plans to, to have any, um, any presence there at all? Yeah, no, I, I'm very familiar with automobility. It's it's emerged as an event unto itself. I yes. remember in the early days when it was just this this little sideshow, but it is prominent. It's one of you know the the, the industry's main events and whatnot. 
Um, we would love to participate in it. The, the timing this year just didn't work out. We were announcing at the SEMA show last week, you know, yes. and that's 200,000 people. That's and all a big, of our big activities. show, yes. Big, big show. And then we have a hometown um, event coming up um, the first week of December called the Performance Racing Industry Conference, which, is again, is we're doing, you know, in conjunction with SEMA. Um, and so we're busy preparing for that. So it's just it's just simply the timing that didn't work out. Gotcha. Um, Matt, uh, forgive us, forgive me for not asking sooner, but when you're not involved in this new project, tell us a little bit about Energy Systems Network. What, what do you do day in and day out? Sorry, I didn't ask earlier. <laughs> no, it's a, it's, um, uh, we are a nonprofit that's based in Indianapolis, and our goal is to discover and commercialize emerging uh, energy and transportation technologies. And I lead our transportation efforts. Um, the approach that we as an organization take is always very industry friendly. We work with industry because our goal isn't to just do, you know, science projects or, you know, things that make for a good show, but don't go anywhere. But instead it's to push the envelope, but to do so in a way uh, where, where technologies can be commercialized. So what's pretty exciting is that in, in addition to the, the collaboration with the Motor Speedway around, um, you know, the Indy Autonomous Challenge, we are also working with Cummins, uh, who's a board member of ours in Purdue University, to pilot an innovative new microtransit service to uh, facilitate campus-wide travel and in the, you know, in, in the process solve a, a core transportation need for Purdue University. And we think that this has legs for broader um, applications, you know, and broader market applications as scooters become integrated into the model, as car sharing becomes integrated into the model. So something, you know, that could really be commercialized there. Um, we are also going to be announcing um, a pilot project around automated first and last mile people movers. So um, if you look at the way that uh, automated technologies could emerge in the near term, but also could do so in a way that is productive for society. Um, these low-speed applications that move people to and from big transit arteries, so facilitating their access to buses and subways and whatnot, is a real need. It's a, it's a real potential win. And so we're actually in the process of teeing something up that we're going to be announcing in the coming months that's going to help move the needle there. Um, but when it comes down to it, you know, in addition to these pilot projects and collaborations, we use a variety of tools just to get the job done to discover, advance, commercialize transportation and energy technologies. Great. What, what news coming up? You know, obviously, Thomas cars, electric cars, the last mile, first mile. Is there anything else new that that's on the horizon or you guys are cooking up, make it better transportation? Uh, yeah, well, well, what's really cool is the potential exists now for all of these new sorts of technologies to start working together as a cohesive model. And we actually wrote a publication about this earlier this year. You can download it on our website, energysystemsnetwork.com. Um, but it basically documents how we, we now have at our disposal a variety of technologies and modes, whether they be large buses, personal cars, scooters, car sharing, uh, you know, electric bicycles, Lyft, Uber, 
Um, and technologies are emerging, but you, you see them most prominent in Europe, but they're starting to really get, get traction elsewhere that seamlessly integrate all of these technologies. And so the real holy grail in our, in, you know, in our world is, you know, uh, enabling people to get from point A to point B better, cheaper, safer, and more efficiently than they currently do. And, and so to us, it's, it, it, it's really the, the pursuit of that end goal, and, and we see the potential to do so. A couple of years ago at the LA Auto Show, they introduced this vehicle called Ollie, and Bruce was there with me, and I think some of the test areas were Phoenix, Arizona, and so forth. But now in Sacramento, for some reason, we've kind of become a hub of some of these new areas of transportation, and at Sac, at Sac State University, they have a thing called, is it called... Uh, uh, Stinger, I think, or something. There's a name they, because the but it is the Ollie. It's the it is the Ollie. It's the mascot is the Hornets, and and they have this vehicle that uh, maybe it's called Herky for for Hornets and Jerky. I don't know. It's a it's a some funny acronym, but I haven't seen it around campus. But it's only a few miles from us, and so in our area, we we've, we've kind of been um, one of the test areas. It's kind of neat to see some of this stuff in our own in our own backyard with. Um, some of the the bicycles you can rent uh, that are th- two or three companies are here now, and uh, in San Francisco, of course, it's caused some problems with um, accidents between pedestrians and people who are riding their new vehicles in the wrong places. But um, I've been an observer of this for a while, and, and uh, I, your point's very well made. It's just all there's so many different areas. It's got to be a way to tie them all together somehow. Exactly. Well, and what's cool is something that you're bringing up, which is there are cities that are actively participating in figuring out, um, you know, the, the deployment of these, these new technologies. And Sacramento is absolutely one of, you know, the leaders in, in the space and, you know, what's going on there. The, the Ollie vehicle in particular um, is produced by a company called Local Motors. And it's precisely, you know, the example of, of, a, of a, you know, type of vehicle that can fill the market niche that I was describing of moving people um, in known environments at low speeds to and from fixed points, you know, yes. whether it be other transit stops or whatnot. So we're excited to see, you know, the Ollie out there. There's a number of competitors to the Ollie and, and all of them have a role to play in, in providing a solution. I think that Ollie's great. It's like, limited to like what is it you you probably know three or four miles an hour but i'm sure you know as the time passes without accidents they'll up that speed and it'll be a real viable solution absolutely um those, those vehicles usually are kept to below 25 miles per hour but sometimes you know the, the city regulations or whatnot um you know dictate lower speeds uh but if you think about it um those vehicles have less to solve for than the vehicles that we're going to be, you know, facilitating at the uh, at the Indy Autonomous Challenge, and and that's what makes them nearer to market. That's what makes them more of a commercial model. Uh, they can operate within well mapped environments because they're operating at lower speeds. They have more time to react, you know, to any instances that come up on the road, whether it be you know, obstacles or, you know, other vehicles or whatnot. Um, and then on top of that, you're familiar with the Ollie and their form factor. They can really efficiently seat 12, 15 people or so 
um, and move them comfortably around. So it, it's really a good market application for the technology. Oh, sure. I'm not trying to compare Ollie with your race, but I mean, your <laughs> race is going to be the real deal. The real deal, yeah. Ollie's just a place where he could call a group of friends and, and go have a night on the town and, and have some adult beverages and not have to worry about it, which is another you know great practical, practical use for it. Um, Matt, uh, on a, on a personal level, what, what is your background? you obviously have a lot of knowledge and you sound like a young guy. Um, did you study this, um, line of, um, automotive, the automotive world in, in college and, or an advanced degree? What's your background? I've always had a passion for vehicles, transportation, and innovation. So, I mean, I grew up wrenching on cars and, you know, dreaming of, of what I wanted to build and what I wanted to drive and, and whatnot and became involved with uh, automotive innovation early on in my career and, and really broadened out to, you know, the, the leading edge of, of all of the, the, the sorts of modes that are emerging to enable transportation. Um, what drives me is just, I, I, I think because I come from that automotive background, uh, just the, the, the love of vehicles and cars and driving and whatnot, but also recognizing the role that technology can play in reducing pollution and facilitating movement. That's what's really been the motivator for my life to just acquire whatever skills I need, whether it be technical or financial or whatnot, to, to help move the needle in this area. Well, well, thanks. Can we can you put you on the spot and say what kind of vehicles you have uh, as a as a personal driver? What what do you what do you like to have? What do you like to drive around in? If you, maybe you have more than one. <laughs> well, right now I have a, a, a Tesla Model S, and there's there's really no car that I've I've driven that I, I like more. But in the past, I've owned a couple of uh, the first generation Tesla Roadsters. I've had a, a Ferrari three hundred eight. I've had a DeLorean. Fantastic. Um, so, you know, just kind of eclectic, fun cars to, to work on and to drive. Sure, well, I think great. that's great. I, I think this new autonomous stuff is not going to take away from that, right? No. Someday you'll, you know, even if you bought a Ferrari, you can still have the turn on the electronics package and sip your uh, coffee and text or something while you're driving. Well, it's driving. Yes. And at the same time, you can turn that off and go for a drive. I absolutely agree. I, I think that there is always going to be a role for human drivers. Um, I think that technologies that are emerge are going to enhance our lives in the situations that we choose to use them. And there's going to be situations when we choose not to use them. When I'm out on a twisty roadway, you know, in uh, turn it country off. or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but there's going to be a, a number of applications. Uh, stop and go traffic. You know dangerous freeway corridors or whatnot that we're going to use these technologies in an effective way and they're going to they're going to help improve our lives great hey matt that's a perfect way to uh to wrap up today um we could speak with you all day long and just uh, zap more of your knowledge but uh for this time around uh, we want to thank uh matt peak who is the director of mobility for energy systems networks uh network pardon me in and uh, Indiana and uh, October 23rd, 2021, if I have that date correct, it's going to be a big deal. And we're, we're really looking forward to chatting with you again as, as the time gets closer. I think it's going to be a, a, a road trip um, with any any good luck. Road to, trip worthy. Worthy, yeah. Road trip worthy to come see this, this uh, great event 
um, and I hope it gets the attention that it deserves. So thanks, Matt, for, for being our guest today on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Really appreciate it, sir. It's my pleasure, and I appreciate you inviting us. And for all of your listeners, if they want to learn more, visit IndieAutonomousChallenge.com. Thanks for Great. thanks yeah. for reminding us. Appreciate it very much. Take care. Bye now. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.